Good morning, SBI Nation and friends. Welcome to the SBI Monkey Podcast, where we inform and educate on sales and marketing trends and best practices, and hopefully entertain along the way. I'm George Zelos Reyes, a principal with SBI, and I'll be your host today. Joining me this morning is Kurt Redden, Director of Sales Training for UPS Capital. For those of you out there who are not familiar with UPS Capital, they are a business unit of UPS that offers financial services to businesses whose supply chains span international borders. Kurt is a certified professional in learning and performance by the Association for Talent Development and has dedicated the past 20 years of his career to sales training and coaching. We are very fortunate to have Kurt with us. I'm excited, Kurt. Thanks for coming and thanks for being with us. No, George, thank you absolutely for having me. I still have not received the cash payment that you had uh, offered, but I'm, I'm expecting that will be coming shortly. Well, that's, that's going to be a function of how many people actually listen to the podcast, so we'll see. Understood. <laughs> Kurt, um, before I get into some of the questions I'm going to ask you today, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your role at UPS Capital? No, I'd be happy to. At UPS Capital, I'm responsible for both sales training as well as a number of soft skills program. One of the things that we're really working on at UPS Capital is how to make learning development a competitive advantage in the marketplace. So it's really, I like to phrase it more, that my role is really around talent development, both on the acquisition of talent, how do we get the right people on board, get the right people on the bus, not be overused, Jim Collins cliche, but really how do we maximize their contribution? Excellent, excellent. So I, I want to start by telling you a little bit about how, when I was preparing for this podcast, I was scanning your LinkedIn profile. And for those of you out there, I'd invite you to take a look at Kurt's LinkedIn profile. What's that profile, the, the, the shortcut to it, Kurt? Yeah, it's actually a LinkedIn. It's just Kurt Redden, C-U-R-T-R-E-D-D-E-N. Excellent. So when I was looking at your, your profile earlier in the, in the week, Kurt, I was struck by the first sentence in your professional summary section. It stated the following. You are, quote, focused on helping businesses accelerate business growth through investment in people, unquote. i I got to tell you, I was struck by that sentence. I thought it was great. So you obviously see a connection between business growth and investing in your people. So tell us a little bit more about that. No, it's a great question. I'm also going to preface for your audience, George. I appreciate the fact that I had no preparation for any of these questions and this is pure spontaneity, but didn't yeah, know you, that you were no I didn't excuses know you were for my LinkedIn profile as well. No excuses. Of course I would. No excuses. You I, I, I brought you on because you are an expert, so come on, give us the goods. <laughs> yeah, that whole phrase and again, it's overused and sometimes cliche. I, I genuinely believe, especially at UPS and UPS Capital, people decisions are the most important decisions we make. And then once we get the right people on board, we'll replace those people in order to really accelerate that growth is absolutely essential. And one of the things that we're absolutely committed to is how do you align with the strengths of the individual, the strengths of the team, put the people in the right place so that they can execute. You know, it's interesting you say that about people decisions is, is really a priority for you guys. And, you know, we here at SBI, we live by this, what we call the success equation, that success is 50% talent and 50% performance conditions. And what we mean by that is, you know, you got to have the right people, right? You got to have, you got to hire the right people. You got to hire the, you know, who is that person, that right person for that role. And that's half the equation. And the other half is putting those people in the right position to succeed, enabling them. So I'm fully on board with, with your assessment there. You know, you mentioned earlier on about 
people being a competitive advantage. Can you share? I mean, give me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I, again, in the case of, of what we do, it really is about the talent and the skill of our business development officers and the staff that we have out in front of our customers on how do we help them be better. You know, how do we help them forgive shameless plug to UPS Capital, but I'm going to go there anyway since you opened the door for me. <laughs> you know, how do we help companies with their cash flow? How do we help them with increasing velocity of inventory turns? How do we help them with growth and their key strategic initiatives? And the bottom line is I have to have the right people to enable our customers to not just look at from a consultative perspective, how do they help them get better? And the bottom line is people don't come straight out of college, whether it be you know, even up to our MBA graduates, with that type of knowledge. There's a lot of learning development training that goes behind the scenes to ensure that they are ready and able to help the customer. So tell me a little bit about how you go about achieving what you just described on a daily, weekly, monthly basis at UPS Capital. What are some of the things you do for those listening that you want to borrow some brilliance? Bar brilliance sets the, the bar a little high, considering you're, you're hitting me with this now. But, you know, if I were to answer that, I mean, I, I'm going to come back to the success equation that you talked about. Again, we, we believe in that as well. We've spent a tremendous amount of time, effort, and energy revamping our hiring process is one example. And, and looking at, and again, from taking a look at some of the information you have on your website, this whole A player, as you define, you know, we define that as, getting the right people on board, they're going to do it. So on a daily, weekly basis, we probably spend an inordinate more, more investment and time with regard to the hiring decisions we make, especially as it relates to salespeople or other business units, knowing that we may spend more in the short term, both in time, effort, and money, and the long term is going to pay huge dividends. Yeah, you know, that's just one example. I don't know how much further you wanted to go in that. Yeah, area. no, I, that's great. If you keep going, because I have some good stuff you're, you're, you're bringing. So the other part of the success equation is this whole performance conditions, and that's really making certain that because even though I have primary responsibility for learning development, there's also things that we do that bridges into sales operations for, for those of you that may be listening to calls or in that arena, is how do we focus more on the things that matter, that, that deliver the higher results, and less on the things that don't. So an example for us maybe, you know, it's been a relentless focus on how do we do a better job with planning, pre-call preparation from a salesperson's perspective, for instance, so that they can add more value in their call and less on things like administrative or rear view window reporting that don't add nearly as much value for the customer. While it may mm -hmm. for the chain of command, it doesn't for the customer, and that's just huge, and that's where we want to focus. So let me ask you a question, Kurt. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're obviously doing some really good things over at UPS Capital with your learning development and training. Can you talk to us about where you see the role of the sales manager? I know you know we, we focus a lot on training the individual contributors. How about the, the sales managers training them and their role in training, helping to train and reinforce the training that you're giving in their, inside their teams? I think that's an outstanding point, and that's why you know at least in our world where we're spending so much time, effort, and energy is that it's actually my sales managers and leadership team that do a majority of the training for new business development officers up to and including our selling skills training program, our strategy, our negotiation skills, because one of the, you know, I use the phrase, I'll borrow it from Franklin Covey and some great programs they've done from Five Choice and some other things, they call them the big rocks, but regardless, you can be agnostic to whatever methodology you're looking at is that coaching time that sales managers and sales leaders spend, at least from what we've seen, is the difference. I mean, 
you talk about the 20% of the things you do that drive 80% of the results, the time that they spend investing with their teams is huge, part one. And part two that we've seen, this is a hot button for us, is, is not time with your poor performers or weak performers. We can talk about that all day long. Is with these A players that we brought on board and some of the, you know, maybe not where they need to be, whether it be from an accountability perspective or performance perspective, it's the skill development that's needed that they can most help the team members. So A and B players, that's where they get the bigger pop, the more bang for the buck. That's it's so interesting you say that. I mean, in our work, we often find you know managers spending the bulk of their time on C players, right? Thinking, oh, if I can just you know get that C player to perform better, you know, it's going to have a huge impact. And when you look at it, the real lift is getting those B players to become A players, right? And and we are we're pretty you know hard line when it comes to how to how to treat the C players. It's either move them out of the position or move them out of the organization altogether because. You know, if they're not suited for the role, then you're almost doing them a disservice by having them in a, in a situation where they're not capable of succeeding. They're just not meant for that role. It's like having the classic example of having somebody who's a great farmer asking them to go be a hunter. They're not going to do well. So, but we again, we find managers always focusing their time on C players when they really should be spending the bulk of their time engaging their B players and A players, right? Well, that's certainly our evolving philosophy and how we're approaching it is that, you know, the, the old performance management processes, go find what people stink at, let's beat on them for it until they can improve it, right? It's yeah. the whack-a-mole. And yeah. forgive me, but it is what it is. You, <laughs> it you is sit down with your performance. Yeah, you sit down with your performance appraisal and here's all the things you really stink at and I really want you to improve on these things. And how productive is that versus when we can work with our teams on, here are the things that you have natural talent, natural gifts, natural strengths, and we're going to invest our time, effort, and energy here because guess what? How strong, how incredible could you possibly be in these areas? And, and it is counterintuitive because the reality is most organizations are still struggling with making that transition to a, a focus on strengths. I mean, a lot of, and again, I'm agnostic to any particular thing, so I'm not plugging certain vendors. I mean, from Tom Rath with StrengthFinder and a lot of the research they did with Gallup to uh, Marcus Buckingham and some of the work that he's done with regard to standout and programs like that is, is this pop that we get and it also helps drive employee engagement, which is where I'm at, is huge in ultimately delivering what we need for the customer. Hmm. So let me ask you a question. I mean, when we talk about learning development and training, a lot of times what we find and, and when we're working with our clients is that they some people take this, you know, one size fits all approach and it's like this, you know, this blanket type training that yeah, it addresses certain issues that the organization as a whole may need some, some training on, but but it really misses the mark when you have to deal with those individuals and some of those individuals have their own strengths and weaknesses. How do you go about maybe, you know, getting to that individualized training? Yeah, one of the things that we really focus on is truly doing a skills assessment, uh, skills competencies assessment for our organization. And one of the things that we've really identified is here are certain competencies that we know and use salespeople, for example. Here are the competencies that we know are top performing or the ones that deliver the most value for customers have, and they tend to be these A player strengths. So we literally have them work with their management teams to go through and actually do an assessment where we look at where they are. We then we're a big proponent of individual development plans that then can help B player get to the A player in these competencies from a developmental perspective. 
and again, every everyone is different. Everyone is unique, and yeah. that's part of the key to it. Is is also leveraging the strengths of the team so they can share those with other team members. You know, I love how you described it. I mean, it is you know having that individual assessment so that you can identify what those weaknesses are and the strengths of each individual contributor. And the, to me, the power of what you described is is having that information and putting it in the hands of the sales manager, who is the coach, and letting them letting him right. drive that individualized specific targeted coaching within each of his team members. That's great. Kurt, I gotta ask you a question. You know, it sounds awesome. It's you know, and I love how you how you approach, you know, the uh, the learning development and training. Maybe share with our audience some of the obstacles you run into when you're trying to go through this process. Wow. <laughs> Where do All you right. want to start? How about the top two or three and just maybe touch on them. I'm really fortunate and lucky, and I'm not just saying that. I work with some outstanding, I work very closely with both our leadership team and then our sales leadership team and just some awesome individuals, and I'm not blowing sunshine just to take a blow, and I really mean that. When I say obstacles, it's really what all, all of us face being in the battle is that drive for results, that drive for execution, sometimes short-term focus and under the obstacles category can really get in the way of investing for the long-term results you need. And a specific example I may have is, let's talk about hiring, because we've talked about that a lot, and how do we get A players on board. You know, sometimes there's immense pressure for sales management and sales leadership to get a, an open territory filled. We've lost a person, they've moved on, they, whatever the case may be, and because that territory may have a business plan, there's a huge amount of pressure to get that filled. You know, I can't remember where I, I'm, I'm stealing liberally from some source, but somebody wants you to praise with me and it's really stuck with me. I mean this, no breath is better than bad breath. And when you talk about <laughs> rushing to get the wrong person on, and I'll come at it selfishly from the learning development side, I'm gonna put this person on an onboarding plan that isn't just one, two, three months, we have a one-year robust onboarding plan. And if I've got that wrong person on board who potentially is not suited, and let's take a C player who will never be successful no matter how much effort we put in from a learning development standpoint or sales management perspective, a coaching perspective, I've done the organization a disservice. I've done that person a disservice. And the reality is that time, effort, and energy can be spent so much more productively. I love it. Bad breath is better than no breath. I mean, and, and that's so true. I mean, we, we run into it all the time where you have sales managers who have an open an open territory and they, you know, they, they just feel a need to fill it, right? They got to hit a number. And, no, I, and I, like, well, I've got I've to correct you, Jordan. I wasn't saying bad breath. I'm not looking for bad breath either. I was saying no breath is better than, than bad breath. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I mixed it up. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I no problem. I, I confuse it. But yeah, you know, the point is taken, right? So, but you're you're you know you're so right though the, the cost of a mishire, if you when you have a that kind of a short term focus is is very very significant, and it and especially with you guys it take a year, invest a year in onboarding and if you're not if you're going to invest that kind of time energy and resources in onboarding somebody you better make sure you're hiring the right person. So any, anything else for our audience? Any other obstacles and you run into? You know, again, I think a lot of times it's very easy and. You know, again, I'm just, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but when you talk about obstacle, it's very easy to get in this short-term reactive, putting out fire mode, and this isn't anything that anybody doesn't deal with. And I think as 
staying focused on those big initiatives that are really going to drive the results that you need and not being reactive to Band-Aid type solutions to problems that come in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, as easy as that sounds, it takes a lot of discipline and focus to really relentlessly moving the ball down the field and executing on the most important items versus letting things come in to just fill your plate that may or may not be the most important or, or critical. And I really like a quote from Steve Jobs, and I don't know that I'm going to have it spot on, but, you know, he talks about it's not always, and this certainly is a verbatim, is basically along the premise of is I'm more proud of the things that we didn't do because it allowed us to focus on the things that we did. That's paraphrased, but it's, it's really say yes to the things you need to say yes to because you're going to say no to a lot more. Yeah, tell me about it, man. So many times, you know, what we find is people react to the symptoms and really don't go at the root cause. And it, it takes discipline, right? It takes discipline to really, one, is to understand what the root cause of the problem is and, and stay focused on that uh, instead of being reactionary and try to, you know, boil the ocean by just attacking the symptoms of the, of the problem. Excellent stuff. All right, so I, I want to shift the conversation a bit. I want to focus on, on what you believe should be the priorities of someone new to the role of director of sales training, right? So say, you know, I'm, a, I'm your, your protege and I'm coming into the role. So from where, your perspective, you know, what should I do first? What should be my priorities? Yeah, great, great question. And I, one of the things I would say that is paramount, and I'm going to step away from, you know, where I am right now because I want to cover this more macro and if I was in any organization, I think the first disconnect, especially a lot of times with learning development, training, sales training people can fall into this trap, and I certainly have done it earlier in my career, is not being aligned with the goals and the strategies and the initiatives of the organization. And one of the things that I would tell anyone stepping in this role for the first time is, it's great, you've got great ideas for how you're going to improve skill development, talent development, whatever the case may be, but your starting point, from my perspective, and I'm not saying this is gospel, but what I've seen is you've got to be able to start with the overall vision and mission from your leadership team, what are their most important goals, and then specifically what strategies, how are you going to help them get there, right? What tactics, what initiatives are they pursuing? And this is just the classic, again, another overuse cliche, but this is I want learning development to be positioned to where's the puck going, not where the puck is, and to move from a reactive standpoint from a sales training professional or learning development professional to we are truly adding value to the organization. One of the things that I challenge myself, my team, is we have to be a competitive advantage. Investment and learning development people has to have an ROI. So how do you translate that back to using learning development as a strategic advantage and not simply having it be, not that it's this way everywhere, but I mean, let's face it, a lot of times, Okay, our people need to be trained, right? Okay, they need to be trained, reactive, check the box, get them in a training thing. I don't care if it's death by PowerPoint, get it done. No. How do you connect that to ROI? Hmm. That, that, is, that is phenomenal stuff. I mean, you know, it's so I, – I can't, I, I can't tell you how little we find where, you know, some sales training folks don't understand the importance of, like you said, understanding – the vision and mission from leadership. What is the strategy, right? Because if you understand the strategy, then you understand what kind of people we need to execute on that strategy. What are the skills needed right. to execute that strategy? 
You know, if I need, if part of the strategy is I need to go out and we need to go, it's competitive displacement or hunt new, you know, new logo in this greenfield space. That's a whole different type of profile, a whole different type of training, you know, some type of rep. And, and you've got to align your programs and everything that you do in your training and learning development to that, to that mission, to that vision, to that strategy. That is fantastic advice. Fantastic. Give me some more. You got you know, some good stuff. Anything else you would counsel me as a first time first timer in the role of director of sales training? You know, again, if you, and I mean this should go without saying, but I mean the other big piece is for, for a sales training professional is how is the majority of what you're doing connected to meeting or exceeding business plan results. And as simple as that sounds, I've seen a lot of my peers fall into that trap of they're, they're doing reactionary, whether it be soft skills, training, some other things. And if you peel the onion back, there's really no connection to how is this helping us achieve our business plan? What is it doing for us? What is it doing for our customers? How is it helping them be successful? So that's another big one is, is not to lose sight of that. And that's almost, from, from my perspective, a litmus test when we look at initiatives that we're looking to pursue. How is it going to help our customer? How is it going to help our business results? I know that sounds utterly simple, but you'd be surprised how often I see uh, something that important being left left at the sideline. Yeah, you know, that's a great point. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, either the, the C-suite's going to be looking at sales training and saying, okay, so how have you contributed to the bottom line, right? So what, what would you suggest are some really key metrics to measure ROI? If I was standing up a sales training program and I, and I wanted to be held accountable to the C-suite, to leadership for, for the results, what are some of the things that you would suggest somebody track? Wow, I, you know, that's a great question, and that's actually a separate podcast on itself, so I may be you know, <laughs> yeah. billing you separately for that one, George. As, you know, I'll, I'll give you one example, because this is one, you know, challenge I know a lot of my peers are, are dealing with as well. One of the things that we insist upon doing in the EPS Capital is we, we really like to pilot programs that we develop. So, for example, if I'm looking at a new way that we're going to enhance how we sell strategically or, or from a negotiating perspective how we do these, we actually pilot those typically in a subset of a region. So I take some small groups. Really, I'm looking to accomplish a couple things. One is to get refinement based on participant feedback, both qualitative and quantitative results. And then the other piece is to look at their benchmarking as a subset group that I can actually study to see, okay, how did that region or the subset of the region perform based on things like time frame from quote to close. Uh, everybody's going to have their different metrics, but you just sure. look at percent of deals won, their funnel velocity, pull through. We'll track overall percent effective to plan depending upon what the initiative may be. But the biggest piece, and to take it you know, from, from my background in terminology, from more of a a level one type survey results where it's all qualitative is how do we then connect that to truly black and white ROI, which would yeah. be a level three or a level four when I look at being able to then go to senior leadership and say, wow, this solution selling, strategic selling program that we did not only helped our customers, but look at the results this thing actually resulted in based on the subset of the team. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. All right, so we only have a few minutes left, and I wanted to talk about and i got to say, I love the title. It, the book that you recently published is titled Guerrilla Sales, How to Sell Anything, Anytime, Regardless of the Apes in Charge. That's a great title. Tell me, well, tell I appreciate me, that. I mean, I, hopefully you sell a lot of these. What spurred that? Tell us a little bit about the book. You know, I appreciate you asking about that, George. It really, the book does have very serious 
sales, best practices that we cover and review, but it's really covered as a fun kind of entertaining read, and it's something I enjoy writing. Typically, I'll, I'll uh, kill some plane time and things like that and downtime with writing, but it's really all about personal responsibility. Guerrilla sales and, and the title that you outlined is about salespeople, myself included, earlier in my career, can have a real tendency to blame everyone for why they're not achieving the result that they need. And the reality is it's about you. It's about us. How do you pull yourself up and regardless of your company, your products, your services, all the reasons why you're advertising your marketing, why is it you think you're not achieving your plan? The, that book is really for salespeople and sales leaders to look at in a fun way, because we do try and keep it entertaining, how they can pull themselves up from the bootstraps and really achieve some success and, and weave in some sales best practices. So the, the reality of it is I've upset some gorillas. I've occasionally had some, some bananas thrown at my house. But, you know, that is all good. <laughs> okay, so, again, the title for those listening is Gorilla Sales, How to Sell Anything, Anytime, Regardless of the Apes and Charge. And I think you can get that on Amazon, right? And I think you've got a sequel coming, right? Actually, I do. The sequel is actually coming out next month. The sequel is really around the leadership piece to that. So it's Gorilla Leadership, Go Big and Achieve Extraordinary Results. And that one is really about in a fun and different kind of way, because again, you know, you go Google leadership, you've got a tremendous number of different options you can choose. How do we sort of have fun with the concepts so and really drill down to what it takes to really execute in the most important areas? Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have today. Kurt, thanks for being our guest on the SBI podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us and share your wisdom and experience. I know you're coming off vacation and have tons of stuff to catch up on, so I really, really appreciate you fitting us in, and I hope you'll come back and join us again. So if anyone wants to reach Kurt, you can look him up on LinkedIn, Kurt Redden, C-U-R-T, Redden, R-E-D-D-E-N, Kurt Redden. And for those of you listening, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about us. We're easy to find on iTunes. Just search for Sales Benchmark Index. And you can find our podcast there or go to the resources page of our website, salesbenchmarkindex.com. And until next time, good selling, everyone. Hey, th thanks so much, George. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Kurt. Thank you.